Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine. And with me again, as always, is... Uh, retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli. And I, I'm going to, I got to say this, Joe, I love how sure. you started out these lineup podcasts with welcome to the lineup, because in my head, when I think of a lineup, I'm, I'm picturing the dark room in a police department, you know, five suspects or uh, people in a photo lineup or a, an actual lineup in a room. And there you are in the corner with your microphone, like you're in a boxing ring going, welcome to the lineup. And today we're going to have, and it's like, these guys, somebody's getting identified as a criminal, and you seem really excited about it. And I find that always very entertaining. I gotta gotta bring the energy. Gotta gotta get myself going for uh, for the recording here. Right. Anyway, so. welcome to Friday in the lineup with Joe <laughs> Vince, and in the main ring we have. We will. Yeah. I, hey. <laughs> I I'm, oh gotta collect I'm myself too much now. Fun you got, with this you got this me thrown. Let's get started. We've got a loaded, um, a loaded episode uh, this week. Um, our first story is out of Texas in Austin, where a gunman went on a, on a, a shooting spree, killing six and wounding two officers. Um, this is just an extraordinary case where um, I believe it began, um, let's see, at around 5 p.m. Um, and... Uh, the uh, gunman had just gone up to a handyman and shot him and then shot um, another woman who was in the house that the handyman was working on. Um, he went on to, um, you know, kill four other people, um, wounded two officers trying to apprehend him. Um, he he eventually was taken into custody. He's being charged with um, capital murder. Um, he also had an outstanding warrant um, uh, for uh, looks like domestic violence and um, an assault charge. Um, uh, yeah, it, just a, a scary case. Um, it, I don't recall seeing anything about motive or or um, what sort of was pushing him uh, to be doing this. You know, and I'm going to be very judgmental here. Evil and insanity require no motive. But I think the biggest thing law enforcement needs to take uh, from this incident, and we've seen this in the past, is that when we think of active shooter events or we think of spree shooters, we, we don't tend to think of the events being in multiple different locations, two, three, four right. different locations. Normally, we think we're going to a school, we're going to a mall, we're going to a business building, not, you know, it's on a street corner, and then it's over here, and then it's over there, and then we're scrambling um, and, you know, this this happens. It's happened around the world. It happened in Mumbai. Um, we we have to be prepared and keep mentally flexible and realize that just because we're being uh, dispatched to a single location doesn't mean that's the only location that the attack has occurred or is occurring. And we've got to be aware of our surroundings uh, and, and, you know, and then at the, the management and leadership levels, command levels, you've got to look at what's going on, look for the patterns, look for the movement, figure out where you can forward deploy your folks to, to get ahead of the of the bad guy. Um, to me, that's the big story here. I feel bad for everybody who's lost. 
I hope the officers that were wounded heal well and quickly and get back on the job. But we've, we've got to learn from these incidents, and I think that's the lesson learned in this one. Uh, that is such a great point because this wasn't a case of uh, a gunman simply being in one location and being on foot um, taking shots. This was this was someone who, um, uh, you know, uh, shot his victims, then uh, fled in a, in a vehicle. And in fact, it was after a crash that he was apprehended. So um, that is, that is such a good point that it's it, these active shooter situations don't always follow the same um, uh, mo um you know and and in, in some cases you are going to have suspects um moving to different locations and you might have multiple suspects yes moving to different locations so excellent point yes uh moving on to our next story and again this is another uh, mass attack this is um out of las vegas on the unlv campus um, where a gunman uh, shot and killed three people and critically wounded another. Um, in, uh, as the investigation has been going on, uh, police have said this was uh, a professor who was denied a job there. He had a list of targeted individuals. Um, I believe authorities uh, actually tracked uh, his movements from a, a dash cam video of his to uh, the post office and then sorted through mail to find 22 letters that he sent. He was sending to uh, universities across the country. Um, when he was finally um, uh, taken down by police, he uh, uh, was found with a nine millimeter weapon and 11 um, magazines carry. He was carrying in a belt. Um it, Everything that uh, has been uh, released so far um, sounds like he was uh, a very agitated individual. I guess that's an understatement, um, but um, subscribed to many conspiracy theories. Um, and this was, I guess, his breaking point. Well, and I guess we all have one. You know, we saw the same thing at, at Virginia Tech, but Cho did uh, much more damage, caused mm -hmm. many more casualties. Um, I hate to I hate to see this news. I know that there was an event scheduled in Las Vegas that was actually canceled. Uh, it was a rodeo event, I believe, that was canceled because of this attack. Um, it we when I, and I haven't seen the the any more detail about eleven magazines. So keeping in mind, you know, we we do have was it three dead and one wounded, and that's. Mm -hmm. That's a tragedy to be sure, but when you consider uh, 11 magazines can hold, you know, depending on the weapon, depending on the caliber, blah, 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 can hold anywhere from roughly 90 rounds of ammo to, God, I'd have to do the math, almost 200 rounds of ammo or more. Um, I hate to say this. It sounds bad to say I'm glad there wasn't more damage done. He had the capability. Obviously, he had the wherewithal and, and, and the motivation. Uh, I'm glad he was stopped. I, I hope the officers that were involved um, don't suffer any long-term effects from having to take this guy out. Right. And, and you know, you said it, it's bad to say, but I, I think that's it's apt that, um, you know, when you see the amount of firepower um, that um, some of these gunmen have, 
um, yeah, you're 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 happy that only you know X amount of people died because um, uh, the body count sometimes could be could be staggering. Um, well, and it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, very easily because I mean, you look at when you look at Virginia Tech, it was 32 uh, killed. And then, you know, total of 50-something casualties when you count all the wounded. So, yes, it absolutely can be staggering. I'm glad the officers did what they needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to our next story. Um, again, we're kind of sticking on the same uh, topic here of mass attacks. This was um, in New York City. Um, where NYPD officers uh, were able to um, stop a uh, man who had fatally stabbed uh, four people and actually then stabbed two officers, um, one in the neck and chest and another in the head, um, before um, they were able to take him down. Um, and in fact, the officers encountered um, the individual in front of the home where he had done the stabbings and it was burning. Um, and they had began, they um, encountered him, started talking to him. He had some luggage, and that is when he attacked the two officers. Um, luckily, uh, the officers, uh, this wasn't fatal. Um, obviously, uh, they were injured, um, but, um, you know, again, could have been worse. Oh, Absolutely. It could have been far worse. And it just goes to show, you know, I mean, not to bring politics into it as far as gun control, but for everybody that says, you know, if we just get rid of guns, we won't have mass killings. Well, <laughs> think again. Um, I I can't help but think that the, the burning home was his attempt to um, cover up the crime, you know, with yeah. four people that he murdered inside. I feel really bad. And I, I, I know there are people that will disagree with me, and I, I've never really worried about that very much, but this guy murders four people, stabbing them to death, and one of them's a, an 11-year-old little girl, and one of them's a 12-year-old boy. I, I got no use for this guy. It, it doesn't bother me at all um, that, that the police shot him and, and he died as a result. He, he kills these this four people, two of them children, and he attacks the officers, stabbing two of them. Um, you know, we just saved taxpayers a whole lot of money. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to feel bad about this. Dude had it coming. Um, the, the police did what they needed to do. I, I'm, if people are bothered by the fact that I'm cold blooded about it, you know, I, I'll say this and it sounds very rude. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, law enforcement's in the customer service business and they delivered what this customer ordered. No, and and again, this is a case where, um, yeah, there's a, the crime was horrendous, and then he attacks two officers as well. There's not much else um, you're able to do in that situation. Um, yeah, I I I don't think. Um, yeah, it's just it it is just um, unfor unfortunate. All all three inci uh, incidents. Um, Indeed. So moving on to our next story, um, this is out of North Dakota, where a Mercer County deputy uh, was killed uh, when he was uh, struck uh, by a uh, man in crisis. Uh, he was the uh, deputy at the time was trying to put down um, uh, stop stick devices uh, to try to um, stop the uh, uh, 
the car that was being pursued by authorities. Um, inside the car was uh, the son of a U.S. senator at the time who was going through mental crisis. Um, he was taken into custody after um, after this, but um, unfortunately, um, he uh, during the chase had struck um, a, pat a patrol car and that had then pushed into the deputy killing him. Yeah, so, you know, and, and the headline and understand people listening need to understand that, that we get most of our news from a syndicated news service. Uh, there's a limit to what we can and can't do as far as making changes. But so the headline is North Dakota deputy killed in crash with senator's son during chase. And of course, everybody, oh, my God, a senator's son. And I bet he's going to get away with murder, blah, blah, blah. I'd like to point out two things here that I feel are very important. Number one, this senator has expressed a lot of remorse about what his son did. Um, his son has a history of mental illness, emotional instability, and, and they're they're doing what they can to try to help the kid out. But the kid stole the vehicle. It, it wasn't like, you know, moms in the passenger seat were out for Sunday drive and the kid loses his mind. They were on their way to the hospital. He stole the car. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then he hits this police officer. The second thing that, uh, or the deputy, the second thing that I'd really point out is this is another example, and God, I'm tired of them. Another example of how dangerous it is dangerous it is for anybody in uniform on the roadways. This officer's trying to deploy stop sticks. It doesn't matter. He could have been assisting a motorist on the side of the road. He could have been broken down in his own patrol car. No matter what the circumstance was, you know, when somebody's running or somebody simply doesn't care or somebody's in crisis or somebody's whatever outside of the norm, we're at danger sitting on the side of the road, standing on the side of the road, we lose too many officers and deputies to, to traffic involved uh, accidents. And, and, and we really, I wish we could do better. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm seeing a lot of cases too, um, where it isn't that the, the 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 vehicle itself hits the officer it it hits a patrol car or another officer or another vehicle that is on the side of the road and that impact it then sends it into uh a, you know an individuals outside of a vehicle um injuring or, or, or killing them i guess my question too is you know, I would imagine when you're you're on the on the roadside that you want to use your cruiser as protection. But does that become its own sort of, I guess, a weapon if if it is hit in a collision? Well, yes and no. So, I mean, obviously, if, if the cruiser gets hit first, it protects the officer. But if the officer's in between his cruiser and another vehicle, now you've got a, this crush zone effectively. Right. I mean, um, the depends on what gets hit and how fast the striking vehicle is going and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's our own situational awareness and picking out the safest place to be. Ultimately, the safest place to be is not on the side of the road, but the job requires it. So we just got to pay yeah. attention. Moving on to our next story. And again, um, another case of um, an officer, an officer losing his life um, on the roadside. This is in Massachusetts, where Waltham police officer Paul Tracy um, was working a detail at uh, a utility site when he was he and a utility worker were um, struck by a driver who then pulled a knife 
and on another officer at the scene and fled in a stolen cruiser. Um, yeah, this this is a case of uh, here. Here is an officer, um, you know, providing traffic um, visibility. He, visibility. He's, Go ahead. You know, he's he's on assignment at this at this utility site providing visibility sorry go ahead no oh, and not only is is he and the utility worker killed but then the driver gets out threatens another officer and, and runs off with the with the unit just incredible it is again this this is one of those assignments that uh, a lot of times it's, it's secondary or it's overtime and officers take it and, and all they're doing sitting in their car doing reports or playing games or i mean all all the, the only reason they're there is because the vehicle needs to be there with the emergency lighting on to provide some kind of protective barrier for the utility people or for a road that's closed or whatever. And there, there's your question there you brought up before. Is it safer for the officer in the car or outside the car? Is it safer to put the car there and leave it? And, and the officer doesn't even have to be there. And then you worry about a vehicle being stolen. You know, there, there might be another option here uh, where we can put an unmanned vehicle, a, a drone visibility tool. Uh, there's a business idea for somebody who's listening. Create, you know, whether it's a sign or a drone visibility tool, whatever it is, a lot of times these officers are out there because the intent is to slow down the passing motorists to try to create more safety for the, for the workers. And in doing so, the officer absorbs the risk. I wish there was another way. Right. And, and like you had said uh, um, with the last story we were talking about, um, unfortunately, the uh, you, you have to be out there on the side of the road, which is not the safest place to be. Um, and as we've talked about uh, in previous episodes, too, uh, the way people have been driving, particularly since the pandemic, um, has just be created more hazards uh, for officers out there. Oh, yeah. Moving on to our next story, this is out of Minnesota, um, where um, in, um, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, November 13th, a Maple Grove officer uh, was conducting a traffic stop. And uh, during the stop, the uh, driver had exited the vehicle, uh, was the officer, or excuse me, the drivers exited the vehicle, officers conducting a breathalyzer test. Um, the officer um, had asked for a search. The driver ran back to the vehicle and started to flee. Uh, officer was still um, had an arm on the car and was dragged 40 yards. Um, what's interesting about this case is that a Minnesota law enforcement group um, is particularly upset about uh, the charges that uh, came out of this incident. Um, the suspect was charged with obstruction and uh, fleeing a police officer, both felonies. Um, but uh, the law group, the law enforcement group feels that uh, assault should have been thrown in there as well, that uh, the driver's um, actions were intentional, that this wasn't uh, the dragging just wasn't accidental, which is um, what uh, the prosecutors basically we're making the cases that the evidence doesn't show that it was intentional or not. Um, boy, well, I got my foot I, on yeah, the desk, I, but I don't mean to have it there. I, yeah, that's, I, I so don't. Here's, here's the thing with this, Joe. And, and, and I think it's interesting. I, I do believe that this is probably a case of 
uh, a prosecuting attorney, the, the county attorney. Um, God, I don't know. I hate the pandering for votes, uh, trying to play mm. to the public or whatever it is. I don't know. But, you know, it's like if you go, um, if you take a gun and you go rob a bank, so you are armed and you're robbing a bank. And during the process of robbing this bank, somebody else pulls out a gun to try to stop you. And they shoot anybody else but you. And then that other person dies that they shot. You have never, ever pulled the trigger on your gun. But because you're committing a felony in possession of the firearm, you could be charged with murder. Okay? It's it's because it's in the, in the process of the felony. This, mm -hmm. to me... Whether or not this driver intended to assault the officer through their actions while they were trying to flee, which is in itself a crime, they created a risk to the officer and they are responsible for the risk that they created. This is an injury created based on the actions of one individual to the officer, whether it was their intent or not, it was during the commission of the crime and the weapon they used was the vehicle. They ought to be charged with it. I'm 100 percent with the with the law enforcement side of this. They ought to be charged with assault and potentially attempted murder, vehicular manslaughter, whatever else wants to get piled on, rather than the county attorney going, Well, you know, we're not really sure. You have to prove intent. There's a lot of laws on the books that don't require intent at all. And this is an assault during the commission of a crime. That driver is responsible. I'd argue it all day in front of my dad, who was a district court judge. Right. It and he was dragged 40 yards. Yeah. This way, you know, practically half a football field. It, it's not like well, this was a couple feet. Well, and, and then I'm going to go, it, it sounds horrendous. And I'm not trying to defend. I hope everybody who heard me just say what I said realizes I'm not defending this driver in any way. 40 yards is 120 feet. Okay. Um, that's a few seconds. I mean, I hate to put it that way, right? But right. at 25 miles an hour, you're going 37 feet per second, 37 and a half feet per second. So at 25 miles an hour, this is four seconds. Right? It's 40 yards. It sounds horrendous. It's three or four seconds, depending on the speed of the vehicle. Doesn't it doesn't make it any better? No. It's just it, it it's not maybe as horrendous as it sounds. Well, I you know, I think um from the, the standpoint of you know, was the driver, how long was he sitting there with the officer um, uh, hanging on is one thing, but th to be dragged that far at that speed too, I think. Yeah. Um, I will, at what speed? I don't want to be dragged two feet. No, right. Exactly. Right? I don't care if it's five miles an hour or 50 miles an hour. I don't want to be dragged two feet. 40 yards is way too far. My only point was, you know, 40 yards isn't 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, two minutes down the road. It's three or four seconds at even 25 miles an hour. Yeah. Moving on to our next. Oh, moving on to our next story. Uh, this is out of Ohio and Cleveland, um, where uh, police department has uh, raised the hiring cap, age hiring cap um, for officers um, from 40 to 55. Um, again, this is a case of a department uh, trying to make changes in order to increase recruitment. Um, it's also a, a change um, we've been seeing um, in departments across the country. Um, I, you know, along with helping with uh, recruitment, I, I do think it, um, uh, I, I guess, looks at the reality uh, as well um, of the fact that, you know, 
now, I guess in the 21st century, I think uh, age is kind of becoming different. And um, I don't necessarily want to say 55 is the new 40, but I think now it's not as um, uh, I, I don't think it's as close to sort of retirement age as it might have been in the past. And well, I, so I think it's a little twofold here. When I was a kid, mandatory retirement was 63. And now full retirement 67, according to Social Security Administration. So we've got at least a four year difference there. It should be pointed out, and this is this is important, um, that and I, I believe the Cleveland police chief made a point of this. N number one, you're talking about an agency that's down 15 to 20 percent of strength. So they need to do something. Mm -hmm. They need to do it badly. Um, officers like retired military folks that they go in at 18, they get out at eight, at 38. They've done 20 years in the military. Uh, they're still physically fit. They're still mentally sharp. But with the prior age limit of 40, they only had two years to get through all the process and get in and be hired and get on the street, right? It's just not enough time. So even if all they did was adjusted five years, it would have been a good move. And if you get somebody on the street at 40, can they work to 60? Sure they can. There's all, all kinds of assignments out there that the, the, the younger generation, or some of them are better suited for. Maybe some of the more mature folks are better suited for. The key here is it's still a single standard. They're not waiving, uh, you know, fitness requirements or testing requirements right. or anything else so that they can get these 50, 55-year-old folks joining the agency. If I'm 54 and I go apply for the job, I still got to pass the same fit test and do everything the same as the guy who's 21 coming on the job. And mm -hmm. if you can do the job, why why shouldn't you? If you if you can meet all the requirements, why wouldn't they hire you? Now, my only challenge and my only word of caution from a guy who's in his late fifties is really think about it. I mean, if, if do you want to be 50, 52 and going out on the street today knowing they've got a mandatory 63 year age, a 63, 65 retirement? If you can't get 20 years in by the time you're 65. Do you want to go pursue it? Well, I mean, why? Are you driven to serve? Great. But if you're pursuing another retirement, you ain't going to get there unless you're starting before you're 45. So that people need to measure the balance that if they're going to apply for it. But I think this is, again, another example of Cleveland's hurting 15 to 20 percent of their manpower is down. They got to do something. They got to do it quick. And there is no reason to be to, to be turning away somebody who's physically fit, mentally sharp, perfectly capable and motivated. But they're, you know. 40 years in one month. That's just stupid. Yeah. No. Uh, and, uh, and again, I, I think this is just a, a, a good way of um, kind of addressing the realities of, of how things have been changing. And um, um, I'll be, I'll be curious if this now, you know, I've been seeing a few departments raising this age and I'll be curious if it's, you know, we start to, to come to a new standard. I think we definitely will. And it's also interesting near the end of the article, Cleveland apparently also discussed lowering the minimum age from 21 mm. to 18, but they dismissed that based on brain development. Now, there are some states out there, Louisiana being one that I know of, where you can be a police officer. You can be hired by the agency as young as 18. Maryland State Police will hire you at 18 to be a cadet, but you won't have law enforcement. You won't have arrest authority. You'll be working under supervision of a sworn officer who is 21 or older. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see more agencies 
lowering the hiring age to 18 with job descriptions that allow the, the, that new hire, that young 18, 19 year old person to get used to the idea of the chain of command, to get used to the, the dress and um, grooming standards, the, the uniform requirements, the professionalism in presentation and so on and so forth. And then when they do get old enough, go to the academy, become a fully sworn officer. But there's a lot of manpower out there that's turned away because it's too young. And in mm -hmm. this case, it's too old. We're, we're, I think we're definitely going to see the changes. Moving on to our final story. Uh, this goes into our category of uh, dumb criminals. Um, this is out of Michigan, where a um, woman was arrested after trying to shoplift um, during a shop with a cop event where a 75 um, law enforcement officers from, I believe it was uh, Livingston County, were at the event. And this isn't just someone who was trying to shoplift some gum or socks or something like that. Um, she was trying to take off with $727 uh, worth of uh, merchandise. Um, and uh, I believe uh, an employee um, had alerted a uh, Michigan State police trooper who was there um, uh, about this. And uh, the trooper followed her out to uh, the parking lot and, and she was arrested. But um, I don't know if this, if, if, she just didn't wasn't aware of the event, didn't didn't see all the uniform officers just probably milling about this Walmart um, or, or 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 just thought, hey, you know what? They're distracted. This is this is the time I'll strike. I don't I, I, you know, there are there. There is a theory uh, held amongst a lot of criminals that if you're going to do something illegal, do it boldly like it's what you're supposed to be doing. So nobody will question <laughs> you about it. If you look like you belong there. Will you be questioned about trespassing? If you look like you don't care. I mean, honestly, who looked at the point like the 62 year old woman has over $700 worth of merchandise and she's loading it in her car, which is parked next to 75. Yeah. Cars. <laughs> yeah, that is was... Anybody going to look at that and go, she stole that stuff. There's the, you know, come on. Right. She was, she probably would have got away with it unless some of the employee said something because who would have believed it? I, she, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure this is dumb criminal. She might be no. sly like a fox. All right, you know what you've you've uh, convinced me here. I hide in plain sight. I, I guess I, I you know what it was just the seventy five officers. I for me that's just that's just going too far. That's just uh, messing with trouble well, right there. Two, two so. things for sure. One, at sixty two years old, she ain't running away from everybody. <laughs> And that no offense meant because I'm I'm getting close to that, but I'm not outrunning seventy five cops. I'm, really, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it goes in the dumb criminal category. But if she'd have gotten away with it, we wouldn't be calling her dumb. True. True. Well, that does it for this week. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in, and thanks again for joining me, Frank. I, you know, I love these, Joe. Um. And I think so. We have one the fifteenth, and one the twenty second, and then we're going to do one. We got to come up with something really good for right before New Year's Eve, but we got time to deal with that. Is that that oh, one, yeah. that ought to be specially fun. I I think uh, I've got something percolating. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll work out and everyone will like it. Nice. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the lineup. 
Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.